0: Hello and welcome to Movies and Shit. Uh, so listen, we've, we've kind of, we've been remiss in our duties in terms of doing films, but the good news is all of that is on the horizon. We've already done some homework, Max. We have a couple of different conceptual
1: episodes. Yeah, we, we got some things in the pipeline here. We got some things coming up, but the monster that is Game of Thrones is currently eating up all of our time. So Fucking here we are.
0: Game of Thrones. Now listen, I mean, this is, when did this premiere? 2010, 2009, something like that? It's been like a decade.
1: Uh, it was like 2010 or 11, right? Okay, I'm going to
0: say 2010 for some reason, because they've had like breaks in production, too. I figure like...
1: It's, it's hard to keep track of at this point. I'm not, I'm going to I'm gonna look it up while you continue to talk.
0: The point is, it's been the better part of a decade. And for not the entirety of that decade, it, I've considered it one of the greatest shows on TV, specifically those early seasons. Go ahead. 2011. Oh, it was 11? Really? Holy shit. Yeah. So how did they squeeze out eight episodes, and, or eight seasons in eight years, and they had like a year and a half break in between a couple seasons? A math I'm not right going to pretend,
1: I'm not pretend <laughs> to understand how time works at this point. They
0: got that time travel shit from Avengers and they're just like, it doesn't matter. Don't pay attention. And <laughs> Anyway, uh, that was a veiled shot for when we talked shit about Avengers later on. But uh, let's focus on Game of Thrones. So this is the Battle for Winterfell. I believe the title was called The Long Night. This was the episode that a lot of people I think were waiting for, myself included. Not that I hated the first two episodes, but that they were so quiet and so reserved that you felt... Like this needed to pay off because there's such a short episode count that we really couldn't be as patient as usual. You know what I'm saying? Right.
1: Like like big shit had to go down and that hopefully they'd take some kind of mature approach to story and character in this final stretch. At least something that even if it wasn't as well written as the other seasons, we could, you know, appreciate as a concluding episode to this right. big story, right? That was the best well, case scenario. No, no,
0: you nailed it. Yeah. I mean, and so here's the thing before we get really into this, I kind of want to tell the viewers how, because we watch this stuff and we text each other, like pretty much throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing or at the end of something or whatever. And at some point, I'm like, you text me. And by the way, I'm fucked up on Sunday, like more than usual fucked up, too.
1: Oh, I didn't so, know you were fucked up. Yeah. Okay.
0: And so my, my point is that I went and rewatched it Monday because I'm like, maybe I was a bit too hard and I come out more resolute. That's actually not true. There were a couple scenes I enjoyed a lot more this time. Uh, but overall, I did not feel great about it. Your your first message to me was like, I'm not hating this, which for people who don't know Max, that's like, that's like praise. That's like the, that's one of
1: the highest <laughs> things he could say about later seasons. Game that's of a, That's a gold medal right there.
0: I was blown away by this, and I just I remember again shitty, but I was just like, uh, boo! I think I booed you or something. <laughs>
1: like via fucking text. I, I, I could tell you were like in an emotional place. I didn't know. Like it makes sense now that you were fucked up. Um.
0: I was just very. I was not like again. Can I tell you what happened? I watched Avengers over the weekend. Had my fair share of issues with that, and then and and we diagnosed this before we actually went on. You said. The reason I was okay on this episode is because I have given up on this show. And so, in effect, I can I can watch it and, and kind of turn my brain off and not hold it to the same scrutiny that we once would have held that show. Well, uh, yeah, I've,
1: I've said in previous episodes of this show that what I'm looking for now at this point or all I can expect is really well done spectacle. And we'll get into this. I think I had a different experience on this level, too than right. you and a lot of other people. But I think this was really well done spectacle on a direction staging level. It worked for me. Hmm. But, and this will be
0: a point of contention that we'll get into because I have okay. some feelings and it's not about it being too dark necessarily. It was, there was a couple things I really took issue with. But mm-hmm. um, you know, my point is that when I, when I saw the Avengers, I made some posts and I was like, look, at least Game of Thrones might return to seasons one through four great. Like that would the folly's on me? Okay, I realized yeah, that. No, yeah. <laughs> like, <what was> that? <laughs> why would I think that was gonna be a thing? You know, uh, and the body count aside, which again, these are all things we will diagnose as we go through it. I was just very cold on it. On rewatch, I liked a few smaller moments. Cold on it? Yeah. Uh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> But here's the thing. That's not even a good joke because he's such a not formidable opponent. Like that's the problem with all of this, but whatever, let's get into it. All right. So uh, things I liked about it and I can start there because I really dug the first 10 minutes of this. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the war drums. I really liked the silent, uh, the brooding, the fucking tension that was there. Everyone having pregnant pauses on their faces. Thought that was really great. I mean, if I'm being honest, it really only kind of starts to go bad. It's really everything after that Dothraki scene, which again, visual flair. Now, this is directed by, I forget his name, it's Miguel, what, Sapchuk? Uh, something like that? Uh, Sapchuk or something. Right. That. No, I
1: don't know. Fine, fine. All right.
0: He did Battle of the Bastards. That is the reference point I will continue to make during this. Uh, I think Battle of the Bastards, in terms of spectacle, is one of the better late season spectacles, certainly. Um, he also did uh,
1: Hard Home. By the way. Well, that's
0: the other one I was going to say. Like I said, it makes sense because that guy clearly has shown that he can do that. And it's weird because I wanted a hard home type of like, not a perfect season, season five, but hard home has that escalating feel where you're like, there's no way this can get crazier, And then it does somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted from this. And I didn't get that. Now, I also understand that you're doing an 80 minute episode of battle. You cannot just do 80 minutes of ah, because visually you drift. You know what I mean? Like we've right. talked about this from all those big action budget films. It's like if you don't have something to hold down the emotional weight, they're just empty visuals. And so I get why they had to cut away. I'm not being shitty about that. But so the initial opening thing like and he's, he's got it seems like he has a, a real control of everything that's going on. You see the, the, the Melisandre thing, thing, which I really liked. I like that she lit all that up. I like the Dothraki going into battle. I like the visual flair of seeing them get extinguished. I like cutting to the top of the ridge to see John and Danny observing the, mm-hmm. the flames moving over. Everything so far, I'm on it, man. This is like what 10, 15 minutes in. I'm like, I'm into this shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then the Dothraki thing happens, and first of all, Ghost like just j- goes into the battle, and I know that Ghost is in like the next episode or something like that, mm-hmm. but just it seemed very weird to have like everyone run into battle. Everyone dies with the exception of, like, four random dudes, Jorah, and apparently Ghost, even though that's seen off screen. Like, we're talking about the army of the undead, right? And this guy gets to limp back on his horse, where everyone else doesn't, doesn't have a horse, by the way. Uh, but he gets out of that situation where he ran into the darkness of an army of the undead, didn't die, and was able to come back. First kind of fault there, but whatever.
1: Not, right. not, Maybe it, he was hanging back and he saw the Dothraki getting fucked up. Fuck and he was it. like, I, I gotta protect Khaleesi. That's what he was telling himself. You know that shit wasn't true. <laughs> he was like,
0: nah, man. So he gets back, and that's whatever, all right? That's I'm fine. Yeah, and, then, sure. and then we get the actual thing. And again, the lead-up to the moments are often really good. I really like Grey Worm staring into that dark void, man. You know, I mm-hmm. like the horse coming out of the fucking the, the mist and shit like that. There's a lot of interesting stuff. Basically, the minute the World War Z zombie scene happens, like where they're just attacking in numbers and they're spilling over and stuff, I like the initial one where they're all braced, where they have the spears out and shit like that, and you see them get hit. And then everything after that kind of falls apart. Now I'm gonna let you talk here, but I wanna just make the, the reason that it falls apart for me. Because you're, the big debate, and I'm sure you saw this on social media too, is like, I can't see anything, it's too dark, it's too dark, right? Couple things, you and I both know, when it comes to streaming, grays and blacks right like we learned this from twins and uh, twin peaks like you can't rely on streaming it's about your connection it's about how much bandwidth you have and blah, blah 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 so i can understand that but for all the chodes to come out and be like, you could just very easily fix your TV settings and watch it. And I'm just like, yeah, because that's the mark of great art where we have to go and we have to go into our television settings in order to manipulate the picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bitch about The Godfather being too dark, which it is, by the way, but I never went and lightened up the fucking cinematography. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And I'm thinking about people who are not technologically advanced who wouldn't yeah. be able to do that. It's on them to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of a bullshit point
1: yeah i mean i would never make that argument i I can only say that on my end i didn't have a problem when i was streaming this episode i've only watched it once you've watched it twice i don't know if the second time it was a little bit better or clearer but the the parts of the episode that i needed to see i was able to see and the parts that were supposed to be kind of confusing and disorienting were uh, confusing and disorienting but on a visual level for me I was able to like make out what was going on.
0: I wasn't able I wasn't unable to ascertain what was going on, Max. My issue with it was the fact that like we have seen Battle of the Bastards, which is the same director. We have mm-hmm. seen Chaos and we've also been able to make a byline to what is holding us into the scene, why we should care about these things. And I'm not saying he didn't do it throughout the whole episode. There are, again, there are moments that are really wonderful in this episode. But yeah. when shit popped off, man, it felt to me like, you know when I compared like Daredevil's hallway fight scene from that first season to like that fight scene in Iron Fist where there's like 52 cuts in 30 seconds? Like mm-hmm. that's what my issue was. It felt like we were relying on quick cuts and quick edits to convey the chaos of war, which I understand, again, yes, you have to convey the chaos of war, but we saw it in Battle of the Bastards. We saw it in Hard Home. We, we were able to have shaky cam and like precise fucking directing that allowed us to stay with the emotional beat of the scene. Go ahead. Sorry. My bad. Am I cutting you? Yeah,
1: well, I, I mean, like, I worry that that might be a misrepresentation of the episode as a whole. Because I think that the episode, like, kind of moves in stages. But there are plenty of moments where it takes a beat or we have a long take or there's stillness or whatever. But there's never really a moment in the episode for me where I'm unsure or unclear of the status of the castle and whether it's being breached or not and whether the undead are close to breaching the walls or have breached the walls or are spilling over onto the walls like the state of the battle i fully understand pretty much from beginning to end which is all i needed from the direction so Mm -hmm. like i understood like where things were and how they were progressing and in terms of the actual like how it was shot i feel like we got plenty of aerial shots combined with plenty of on the ground shots with plenty of you know character moments uh, for me it, it worked uh, shaky cam was not an issue we also got long stretches in like the fucking library of winterfell where it turns into like a jurassic park um velociraptor thriller or whatever um moments of silence you just rolled your eyes i didn't mind it um yeah, minded, like for, for me, because they
0: didn't lay out the geography of the room a little bit better. And we'll get to that um, in terms know. of like when you're watching Jurassic Park, like the idea is that reflections are, are warping your perception of what that room is, but there's no mirrors or anything like that. You know what I mean? So the idea is like, okay, zombie leans down to see where she is, but we have no clear identifier like of where or how she escaped from that particular predicament. Does that make sense? Like we didn't see like, oh, this is the path to it. You know what I mean? And that kind of bothered me. Secondly the shift between 28 days later ghouls who were running super fast to shambolic fucking uh you know like uh, uh, walking dead zombies because that's what the plot dictated right when they're in the library of winterfell like yeah. that fucking kind of bothered me as well you know what but I mean?
1: we we can't pretend that that problem is unique to this episode like the army of the dead or whatever have been shown to either be the hard home zombies or shambling around in the cold and in the night or whatever mm-hmm. too Like, it's been established before this episode. So that would be a problem overall with the war. Well, sure,
0: but, like, they're hanging out and fucking beyond the wall. That doesn't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a little bit different compared to when they're, like, hard home is the example of, like, all right, we're here to kill. (laughs) So they fucking Mm -hmm. killed everybody. Like, they were full speed ahead. It's not like they went to Winterfell to go get some education, Max. They were like, let's go check out the library here, man. Like, and I guess that's, like, it's a small thing. But again, it's, like, the consistency of when you're going to have the people act a certain way. Uh, So that kind of bothered me. But I feel like we're skipping ahead. I want to get back to the actual uh, battle of it all. Look, dude, I'm not saying I couldn't ascertain what was going on. I'm not saying that. But there were definitely, there were other scenes where like, if not for the distinguished grunts of Brienne, like we know what she sounds like, if not for the distinguished grunts of Jamie and stuff like that, there were a couple shots in Silhouette where you like don't know who is who. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like... Again, like yeah. I, I'm just I'm just disappointed because I've seen this guy do two other things where like we were still able to always know what's going on. And I, again, you, you said it was a misrepresentation and I want to clarify that. I do not think this is the entire episode. I need to okay. maintain that. I think gotcha. it's the initial confusion of when everything is popping off. So yeah. I I just didn't like it. I I thought it was like too relying on quick cuts and stuff like that. Not in a way that's representative of the chaos of war because we've seen it be shown in those other two episodes that the same director did, but we never lost sight of things. I go back to Battle of the Bastards, and of course there's the one right, where he's running through and he's killing everybody, and then the other scene that gets me is when he's being piled on top of, right, and you can almost yourself feel like you're suffocating for half a second watching it. <clears throat> those are great moments, and you can feel the chaos, but you're never lost as to what, what you're seeing, you know? And so yeah. that's, my, that's my big comparison with that. Um, I mean, we can progress the story here, but before we do that, how do you feel about the You want to talk anything more about the initial 20 minutes, the beginning of the battle?
1: I like, honestly, like again, and I don't mean to keep repeating myself and like going, well, actually I felt the opposite. Um, no, I just felt like at least for the first 20 minutes or for that, that stretch of film um, again, I never had too much of an issue figuring out what was going on or understanding what was going on or seeing it. And this isn't just responding to you. This is responding to, you know, people on Twitter as well. And I'm sorry if you had, like, issues actually making out what was fucking happening on your screen as well, people out there. Um, But, no, like, I I think that they used – they made really good use of contrasting light and shadow and silhouette. Um, I think there were some really striking shots in this. Um, It wasn't all shaky cam even for that first 20 minutes or so. Like, there were definitely moments – definitely on the ground moments where it was shaky cam, but I I think it was a good mixture of lock it down on a tripod and aerial photography and fucking uh, shaky cam horrors of war shit. It wasn't anything we hadn't seen before, but I thought that it kind of came together really well.
0: Well, this whole season hasn't been anything we haven't seen before. So I guess it's
1: yeah. right in line with what it's
0: doing for season eight. One thing I will talk about that I know some people got shitty with me about, but I think, and, and if I'm using this as a cop-out, tell me. I respect your opinion. Everyone else I give a fuck about. But um, Melisandre, they're like, well, where'd she come from? Why, what was she doing out there? Like, blah, 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 why didn't they answer that? And I'm like, can I be honest, if there's one character who I don't need the answers for, it's kind of this crazy red priestess fire woman who like, she's magic, man. What the yeah. fuck do you want from her? And I think, I think like of any character for them to show up on the eve of this fucking battle and, and, and contribute, by the way, kind of the MVP of this episode, in my opinion. Um, uh, especially just as an arc. And I think it's, it, it's her arc and Beric Dondarian in tandem is what I get so shitty about the end of this episode specifically, but I don't want to get bogged down in that quite yet. I just want to know how you feel about the Melisandre of it all, because I thought, I, th- I don't know, man, it was weird. They, they played you, I'll give them this credit. It, much like Home in terms of how it escalated, we didn't really get that in terms of one-upping each moment. But what I think we did get was brief moments of hope repeatedly. And I like that. Like, for a second, you're just like, oh, thank fucking God, man. Like, we needed yeah. we that to happen. Uh, and I really kind of adored her, man. I kind of want to hear your take on it.
1: No, I, I really liked her in this episode. I don't have a problem with her showing up out of nowhere. Like, she knew this conflict was coming. She knew she wasn't welcome in Winterfell until she was needed in Winterfell. And she came to Winterfell. Like, I think that if you can give them any kind of credit, these two showrunners they really pretty well established like where she is in the story and set this up. Like there's a setup and a payoff here and this is the payoff to her little story. So yeah, I'm totally fine with it. I like that. She has that moment with Davos where she's like, you don't have fucking time to execute (laughs) me, dude. We got to, we got (laughs) to (laughs) work.
0: No, I like, I mean, he's he's like fine. I feel you. Yeah. All right. So before we progress past this, let's cut to another thing that's happening congruently, which is Dan and Johnny on the Ridge. Okay. Yeah, I understand acting emotionally, and that's why I'm not gonna super hate on this scene as much as I would like to. But I want to make the larger point that what makes John or Danny qualified to be rulers? I just, and I'm asking straight up because it's like we we think Ned Stark great uh, tactician, right, or a strategist and shit like that. We know that because Rob Stark was a very good strategist until he started thinking with his dick, right? He mm-hmm. had a reputation of being the Young Wolf john snow does not seem to have a militaristic mind <laughs> and he just a,
1: falls into every trap that's set for
0: him. and especially danny like danny like they
1: he may tried, tried to him 1v1 him. a dragon in this episode
0: that's true right like, this is not this is not a good look <laughs> he,
1: like he was hiding behind cover and he's like all right better better now than never and it's like no keep hiding you're fine right
0: <laughs> um I, I just i'm looking at it we're like okay You're sending the Dothraki out into the ridge, and I know no one can beat the Dothraki in an open field, okay? But it's like the first thing that goes wrong. Danny's like, fuck it, we're getting on the dragons. And I'm just like, man, I don't know why you guys deserve to be leaders you certainly don't know how to strategize and it's one thing you know people are always like well a good king or queen listens to their advisors and i'm like but she doesn't she continually does not listen to her advisors because they make one mistake and she's like i know better despite her making nothing but mistakes throughout this whole fucking show by the way and so yeah. it's just like are you okay with that decision or are you just going to be like that's ah, danny acting like danny you know and john not oh what with her j-
1: jumping on the dragon or whatever when just the Dothraki die
0: like what does she think um, to fucking happen
1: like i'll say in her defense with the dothraki or whatever it's like yeah dothraki like that that would be where you use them as your fucking mounted cavalry or whatever like that's what they do um and number two in her defense on that is uh that's her goddamn army and those are also her her people those have been her people for the entire show for better or worse and now or they're all to be the queen dead. Queen
0: of the Dothraki, because she was already uh, exactly.
1: She- well, yeah, yeah. I'm not. That's not in contention for me. Okay. Like, the fact that she's in Westeros like this season is almost kind of like putting a fucking spotlight on the absurdity of like a woman just coming into town after not having been there since she was a child and being like, "Hey, I'm fit to rule you," and like she clearly doesn't understand them. I don't know how like the the show actually seems kind of aware of that, like that Perhaps. she doesn't have any place being there and she's coming in saying hey i deserve to fucking take the iron throne now.
0: Well this brings me to a much larger point that i want to tackle at the very end which is that there is a narrative reshift right after this episode by necessity because the the the, the long night fucking i mean ended at dawn which which i told you like oh there's going to be a big battle and then people will uh, scatter to the winds and we will regroup and there will be another confrontation or something and it's just like mm-hmm. i was very wrong about that. But before we get into that and, and Danny's role in the final three episodes, uh, I guess let's move on. So after the initial skirmish, where do you want to go from here? Because I want to, I want to be respectful of like character moments. I did like a lot of what happened in the crypts. Thought it was real good. A lot mm-hmm. with a little, by the way. Like, oh yeah, like over- Sansa and Tyrion. Like right. I mean, I
1: liked that scene with Sansa basically telling Tyrion, like, hey, uh, you would die up there. I would die up there. Like yeah. we have no place up there. The bravest thing we can do is stay off the battlefield. Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? like, which I, I, I totally agree with. Yeah, yeah, I,
1: I didn't so much love her, like, you know, shooting down Tyrion when he's trying to make a joke or whatever. She's like, your jokes don't matter when you're dead or whatever she says. <laughs> it's like, give the little man some fucking levity. Like, levity. Yeah, just <laughs> let, let, him, let him do what he does. He's a comedian. He's doing stand up at the Apollo and you're fucking like right. heckling him. Um, you think that, but
0: but this brings me to a couple different things because in the crypts we have the set piece where the dead start coming to, to life, which is like, listen, if like fucking douchebags on Twitter are calling this, I feel like the internal logic of the show should, like Jon Snow knows that the dead can raise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which bothers me not only for the crypt scene, but the fact that like, okay, they're just burning shit like <laughs> out there but they're not mm-hmm. like burning the fallen bodies like we know that the only thing that will kill a white straight up is fire As to burn he, the body burn them, yeah. and so they just they seem to ignore that and that's what like that's why the punctuation even though it's such a fucking great scene oh my god like yeah. the composition of the shot of when the he raises them again i think they, they cut it from a flame you know mm-hmm. like the the, the oh, so good it's great. It's just that, like, well, John, you should know this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you guys should have been more yeah, proactive I mean, on this. Like,
1: yeah, John is too stupid to live, but somehow he's still alive. He's like a gonzo character, man. He's like the Hunter S. Thompson thing, right? Like, he's like a full, like, 50 yards away from the Night King, just decides to charge Enough him. It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, whatever. That's, like, that's a nitpick thing, and I shouldn't get into it too much. But, um, you know, let's stay positive. Like I said, I like the Crips um mm-hmm. i wanted more death that makes me sound like a sadist i mean like was a dollar a set right it's his name mm-hmm. i actually pronounced it right for once thank you god did. love that guy but he showed up fucking like at the end of the first episode had three lines in the last week's episode and then is like the first in the chopping block and it's, again it's like listen i actually do really like him he's not some piece of shit side character you know what i mean who showed mm-hmm. up for one episode and then got killed Uh, he's not Ian McShane you know who was in this for one episode for some reason (laughs) and then died and I'm supposed to care why because he's Al Swearingen fuck you anyway uh so my point is uh you know he dies and I like him not enough for the emotional weight um if we're going about all the deaths like maybe I'm fucked up but Leanna Mormont dying is hilarious to me (laughs) like in a way I was not ready for
1: (laughs) well I've never loved that character as much as other people do um I I thought she was good, like the one time, and then they kept repeating that scene, uh, which we'll talk about in in our other reviews when we finally get to those scenes. Um, But yeah, her dying uh, was—I mean, she did get a really brutal death in this. That did surprise me. I'm not gonna lie; like she got fucking literally squished by a giant. Well,
0: she was always fucking with people. Like she was always she deserved to come up and and she's always got one,
1: always (laughs) picking on people bigger than her. (laughs) She's like, oh, a giant. I can take him. Fuck you, giant!
0: She went after that. She was gonna bully him. She was gonna make him feel bad about it. John was like, "I was
1: gonna leave you alone. You're a tiny girl, but Damn. I gotta, I gotta respond to this."
0: Man's gotta have a code, and my code is to kill
1: this sassy bitch. <laughs>
0: like that's what happened, man. But that seems like again, it's like look, I, I in a world where like other people didn't die in the show. Or first of all, let's just put it all on Front Street. Dollar said dies. Uh, Barrick Dundarian dies, which I have some shit to say about. Uh, And Jorah Mormont, Jorah Mormont uh,
1: guys, Theon Greyjoy,
0: Theon Greyjoy, and who? who, And Leanna Mormont. Okay, so five of those people. Maybe Jorah. Maybe Jorah is in that top echelon of characters that you're like, okay, I get it. Theon as well. Um, Yeah. I, I, I would actually
1: good. argue that like Theon's death worked for me in this. No, no, uh, I'm not saying it didn't. Final I, I, I yeah. absolutely oh, like okay. this
0: thing. I'm just talking about overall body count and who like the important players were. You know, yeah. I thought yeah. We'd yeah. Get no, more.
1: I mean, yeah, this was um, a subversion of <laughs> Game of Thrones tropes. I'll <laughs> do that. I mean, Don't arguably so it was. Much. You know, because like it, it's priming us for this like apocalyptic event, and then like a couple of B characters at best die, mm-hmm. um, right. Yeah.
0: And this and that's kind of the crux. Again, I made the post. It's going to go back to seasons one through four. Great. Oh, fuck off. Like, no way. Like, it was never going to happen. And I think right. that that was the confirmation of that is like, well, Dollar said they got to start somewhere. That's fine. Okay. They kind of start and they end with Jorah and Theon, and I guess those are more emotionally heavy hitting. But mm-hmm. it just doesn't work because I saw Sam's fat ass on the ground. And we all know Sam's a badass, but let's be real. Like, he should have probably died here. Just if nothing right. else, there's so much surface area. Like, white swings in any direction, they're going to get Sam. <laughs> but, like, uh, we see Brienne on the ground. We see Jamie up against a wall. We see yeah. Tormund fucked up. Like, it's.
1: Yeah, we should have gotten a, a Brienne death at least. But, like, they, they did set a lot of this up for like these characters to live past this, like the main ones. Tyrion has too many fucking balls in the air to die right now. Same with (sighs) Sansa, same with Jon, same with Danny. Like the season has been telling us in the previous one that like these people have a bigger part to play in the end game. So if they died and became zombies, it would be weird, right? Sure. Like for the story that this show is telling now. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, see, that kind of brings me to this other fucking point about it, though, is just like these people are going to stick around like they're all right. So there's one emotional beat. There were two, two points in this episode that could have saved this whole episode for me on an emotional standpoint. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even with all the fucking logic flaws, cause it has some logic flaws. Um, there's a scene where, like, uh, homie's doing PTSD again, the Hound, right? And he's like, oh. yeah. Yeah. Dundee's we need you, Clegane. Now, again, we know, like you said, Clegane, I've, I'm a little bit familiar with them books. I know what the Clegane Bowl is. Like, I know that's some shit we're going to get a weird version of at some point. Um, and I realize that, again, his emotional arc, if he doesn't fucking fight his brother, it's going to feel incomplete. Yeah. I would have been okay with the incomplete because there is a fucking moment that actor, holy shit, don't know his name, but he's wonderful. Okay. The
1: hound. Yeah. What's his name? Rory something. Is that his name? Rory McCann, I think. Rory yeah. McCann.
0: All right. There's a scene where, where he's just like, that's oh fuck off. It's death. You can't beat death. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just like, tell that to her kind of a yeah. bullshit line, but whatever. And the look on the hound's face when yeah. he sees Arya in danger, I'm like,
1: <gasps> and he doesn't even hesitate. He like goes right for her. Yeah, dude,
0: and that, so I'm just like, they're going to kill this motherfucker and I'm going to cry so hard because oh. it's the only thing that makes sense to me. And I was okay with not getting a Clagane Bowl showdown because okay. I thought this was going to be the one time where like he just loves Arya so much. He's such a broken human being. He's scared of fire. He's scared of all this other shit. But for her, she occupies See, some place in okay. his heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, Go like it
1: didn't, it didn't even occur to me that like they would kill him there. But I just, I was just enjoying the fact that we were getting some kind of emotional like sure. follow through with those two characters aside from like their little scene on the because that was like my biggest complaint or one of my biggest complaints about the first episode is they see each other and they go oh you left me for dead and she's like whatever and then mm-hmm. they sit down for a second and beric like interrupts an interesting conversation it's <laughs> like whatever yeah. <laughs> and then in this like okay finally some fucking like he cares about her like he right. still feels protected. He doesn't no it was great and second, I guess
0: yeah. and I see what you're saying I mean like it, it didn't happen I still like that moment it's not like it's yeah. cheapened because he didn't die but what I'm saying is that would have crossed a couple fucking checks off that old box mm-hmm. right I've been like sure. wow they gave us a, an emotional death and they gave me a, a character moment before that emotional death like Jorah's death didn't even really work for me like I know it does because he's with Danny but oh man that just reminds me of that whole dragon scene I need to get to whatever <laughs> let's get there when we get there <laughs> let me stick with the hound um so that, that's a scene where I'm just like oh I really wanted that It didn't happen it's okay it Mm -hmm. doesn't cheapen the moment that look is still great i mean you want to talk about acting with one look like holy shit i just like that's kind of maybe the highlight of that episode to me is that one scene where the hound sees Arya in danger and he springs into fucking action yeah loved it loved it in a way i'm not ready to explain um the other thing well maybe we should wait there's another scene where i'm like oh i thought they were going to subvert this expectation and uh, had they it would have really blown me away but i feel like we should try to go in as much chronological order as we can we're a little lost in the weeds here, much like the shaky cam. I gotta know, where do you wanna go here, man? I'm sorry, help me out.
1: Um, I mean, we can talk about, I don't know. We, we can start following Arya if you want to, because like, that's sort of where the middle chunk of the episode goes, aside from the dragons. Or we could talk about the dragons.
0: Let's very quickly talk about the dragons. Let's just get this over with. All right, so for okay. some reason, they're doing the dragon thing. Uh, they're flying and shit. And I actually kind of, I like this one scene. Again, like some of this is by necessity like not being able to see shit like shaky cam. I get it. Some of it makes sense to me. Uh, A a large part of it is like when he sees the fucking, like the generals, the squad, as I call them, And he's like, let's get him. And he like tries to swoop in. And then that blizzard comes like, all right, fine. Totally fine with that, man. Like, not a bad thing for me at all. I guess just like, I don't understand any of the utility of that. They're like, oh, then, you know, we got to find the Night King. And they're just kind of flying around. And they're shirking their other responsibilities. Like, if Melisandre's not there to light the torch in a moment that I really love, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, Or to light the trench. They just don't do it because Danny's too busy, like, what, flying around too high instead of doing her fucking responsibility of lighting the shit on fire. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: Well, yeah, I feel like my reading of it is that she was responding emotionally to the Dothraki fucking dying. That's all
0: dying. she does. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, I'm not arguing that. Like, again, I've given sorry, up. On- sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Anything. Um, But no, like it's her responding to the Dothraki dying emotionally. She's like, we just got to go straight for the fucking Night King. And then the Night King makes blizzards happen with his mind or something. And they get all fucked up and they get lost in the blizzard and can't really place where they are geographically. Meanwhile, Melisandra has to light the trench with her fire powers. Herself. <sighs> that was um, some good
0: filmmaking, by the way. That scene was actually really well done. Yeah, and,
1: um, and I really liked how, like, again, like the use of contrasting uh, fire with the darkness and everything, like how the dragon fire looked in the blizzard off in the distance and then Melisandre lighting it in the perimeter when her fell suddenly becomes illuminated. Just, well,
0: that shot and, her eyes, man, like the fire in her, her eyes. Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: like there, there's a, a number of moments there, and that, that's sort of what I'm talking about where, like, shit works for me um, visually but uh yeah they they should have just been like lighting up the whites uh the entire time um
0: it's like you have two dragons and like you at no point does it appear a bit like a fucking uh,
1: i don't know but uh, yeah like in fairness like the idea of like we got to kill the night king and then this will all be over which is what happens at the end of the episode like (sighs) yeah well there's some problems there all right but you know what
0: fuck it i, I don't want to spend too much time on that there's a dragon fight uh like dragon dude, fight which is kind of cool i mean like you know that's how we know we're spoiled bitches man. because like the yeah. idea of seeing a dragon fight if you would have told me that in season three i'd be like what? Like, losing right. my shit about it and now i'm just like oh, i was didn't look that great but whatever and even that like there's still some scenes i really like the, the, honestly every time the night king was on frame for the most part like eh, 90 percent, there were solid fucking compositions man like really really good compositions even him floating on the dragon when he's Mm -hmm. first seen i kind of
1: really liked you know what i'm saying so i don't want to hate on that too much but uh, i love that shot of the dragons like rising above the storm or whatever and it's the shot of the moon oh the moon yeah no beautiful and everything is
0: just that was one i didn't appreciate as much on day one watching it again i was like all right that's a good shot (laughs) like i was i was really appreciative of that also watch it on the bigger screen like because i have a Mm -hmm. big screen in the in the bed but then i went down and looked at it on the, the fucking huge tv yeah. um so it was a little bit better um the last thing i want to talk about the dragons and this is like near the end where like night king is uh is about to like well he raises the dead and shit like that mm-hmm. and then danny has to like save john she bails him out she burns yeah. all those fuckers and then he's like brand and he like takes off and we're like all right sure um <laughs> but then she just stayed like you know what i'm talking about like this is one of those like what are you doing danny scenes where like she stays on the ground
1: and and all the whites just start like fucking crowding her dragon she doesn't know until it's too late and then she falls off the dragon dragon i mean not even too late she's well
0: aware for about 30 seconds as the dragon's just like fuck and then she doesn't take off she doesn't fly she doesn't do anything and i'm just like that's that's purely a contrivance for the sake that well we got to get her on the ground because jorah Mm -hmm. needs a death scene and that needs to be in front of danny so Let's have right. her fall off, and then she picks up a sword, and it's just like, listen, everyone on this show is like kind of a bad bitch with a blade, like they kind of are. Mm-hmm. This was the this is the one time I was so taken out of it. I'm like, Amelia Clark has just never swung a sword on this show, has she? And right. it kind of is showing right now because it looked right. real bad. But that's whatever. It's neither here nor there. Let us jump to Arya because there's a couple of things that are interesting here. I think I heard Benioff talk about he really wanted to set things inside the castle of Winterfell Mm -hmm. itself because it's like a place where so many things have happened and and they're good and comforting. And when he said that, I was like, I don't know if that's true, Benioff. Like, when's the last time everyone was just chilling in Winterfell? Like, it's very early on and then they're all scattered to the fucking wind. And then only bad things happen in Winterfell after like a certain point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was like early season two, the last time that we saw Winterfell just be in Winterfell.
0: Well, that's my point. And then like, you know, we see it again when the Boltons take over and that's fucked up and you know, there's not a lot of happy memories there is what I'm saying. So when he said that, I'm like, "Eh, that's not, that's not the answer. You figured that answer out afterwards and you're saying it and I appreciate the hustle, but that's not true. The truth is just this. You needed to break up the monotony of empty visuals. And if you just had, like we said, 80 minutes of a battle, it wouldn't mean the same thing. So you need to make it smaller. You need to make the stakes a little bit more personal. I can get behind that. That's not a problem. Um it was also reminiscent of that TV spot that they did early in the season or uh or before the season aired. It was like Arya running through the crypts or whatever. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's very similar to that. And I can get behind it, you know, mostly. I like that she gets a concussion. I like that things start to get fuzzy for her. Uh, not uh-huh. because I'm a sadist, max. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> like I'm just saying like visually, I can get behind the idea of like, you know, having that save it in private Ryan like the ring, ringing yeah. in your ears and shit like that. But then this brings me to that scene in the library, which doesn't work for me and I've already kind of gone over it but like either they're bloodthirsty zombies or they're, you know Like we have a scene here that this is what pisses me off so much about the final fucking aria scene Mm. blood drops are attracting just the mere Spattering of blood on concrete. Okay on Mm -hmm. stone is enough. They're like, well, let's go check that out You know what I mean? Like go look under this table Then we get to the big climax of the thing and no one hears anything apparently until it's like nearly too late. It just puts her in a position to do something. I don't want to talk about that yet because I want to get to the other character moments, but I'm just saying pin that because it's important for why I disliked the end a little bit. Thank you for the pin. You didn't see this audience, but he literally pinned it for me and I appreciate that. That's what friends are for, you know? Uh, Okay, but then she gets away from that and then eventually some fortuitous shit happens. She runs into Beric Dondarian, She runs into the Hound, right? Like, they have these mm-hmm. moments, and then Beric Dondarrion's just getting stabbed a lot. First of all, mad respect to that fucker for getting stabbed, no lie, 20 times before he's allowed to die, like, in a, in a locked door. You know what I mean? Like, he gets stabbed so many fucking times, and uh, no one says anything. And again, we get the pretty hound <laughs> moments. Like, no one we, says anything. No one says anything, Matt. <laughs> He's just being stabbed, and he can't even get, like, a thank you for your service. We'll take it from here. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just... Right. Just, I don't know. He goes... And I like the Hound. Everybody Hounds takes
1: Barrick for granted. <laughs> so like, like yeah, you lived and died, like, nine times. Who gives a shit?
0: Uh, you get the Hound moment, which is nice. And, I, you know, even the Barrick Dundarian death. Like, listen... <laughs> It pissed me off because I have something very similar that happens in my comic <laughs> mm. in terms of like someone who is bound to life until a promise is fulfilled. But that is some shit I've had in my notes for five years in my comic. So whatever, great art steals from each other all the time or you know, independent thought, whatever, it's fine. Uh, but I like that idea of like destiny. The idea that Beric had a destiny. He had a role to play in the larger war. Uh, Melisandre also has a larger role in, in, in the larger war. You know what I'm saying? The larger story. I really like that. I like that she shows up. This is the situation where I'm like, look, it works for the show, but I bet you a thousand dollars. No way. Martin was like, and blue eyes. And he's going to make that
1: the, the reason that Arya needs to be the fucking one to kill somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And it might, it might very well go down. In the books where she kills the Night King, it's not going to go down like it did in the show. Oof, um, right. <laughs> and I, yeah, like you said, I don't think that that's what uh, was being set up when she was like blue eyes. Right. Um, at all. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you're But, but whatever. Right. They're like, hey, but, we but said but that for, once. Yeah, <laughs> for the purposes of the show, yeah. And it also kind of puts everything into focus where it's sort of uh, reminds me of Endgame, weirdly, because I'd just seen that, where it's like a specific series of things needs to happen in a very specific. Uh, sort of way and that's sort of what Bran has been doing it justifies him just sitting in his chair being a fucking weirdo this whole time and doling out pieces of information
0: yes and no is that that. he
1: somehow (laughs) foresaw or Melisandre foresaw or they both foresaw um, everything going down in a very specific way so just all everything had to fall into place Barrack Dondarrion had to be alive to get Arya to that point so that she could end the long night or whatever fine in the logic of the show, fine. I, I don't have too, too many problems with that. They, they need to wrap this shit up. They've got all four episodes, so fine. Right.
0: Uh, but again, you're we're talking destiny here. We're talking that there is some kind of grand plan and that people need to be where they have to be in order to do stuff that's kind of why it falls apart for me but whatever melisandre's like hey blue eyes and then she fucks off into the wind you know what I mean? like we don't Maybe see Melisandre
1: aria was lying she was like i just need to motivate this kid <laughs> i just need to get her killed <laughs> like she wants to kill me <laughs> like, right uh
0: so so whatever so she goes off into the wind and i think we cut to john and he's fucking with a like ice dragon first of all can we uh, say this one way or the other ice or blue fire like i just want to know i assume blue fire right or to so like dry ice, it burns well, you or something. Because like,
1: the dragon shot, uh, if it was shooting ice at the ice wall, it would just make the, the wall stronger, right?
0: Right. It's true. But blue fire, which is like fire pretending to be fire. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I <laughs> mean. sorry. What is fire if not pretending to be a fire? Okay. If you're blue, you're not a real fire. Everyone knows this. Every time I cook some shit on my stove and the blue flames come out, I
1: refuse yeah you oh you refuse, refuse? Yeah, No, like. <laughs> you turn yeah. it off you're like fine I'll, I'll starve before i use Max, you, you cook cooking. on a
0: fucking hot plate man you don't even have gas in the apartment you know what i'm saying like you, you you like me i think or you doing it for me like you're like no blue flames i refuse to do this this poor kid i just don't
1: want to pay another bill <laughs> all
0: right that's fair That has nothing
1: to do with your blue flame thing christian that's that's flames. your own journey
0: that that seems fine uh in terms of uh, I, I like that cinematographically. that's so not a word but in terms of cinematography you
1: made it a word
0: yeah i think i liked it i'm gonna own it uh i forgot what i said already i can't repeat it but but the idea is like i like that we have so little light in that scene as well and so the blue flames are that is your source of light that is your your primary light and your your flat light at the same time it's very weird but I'm okay with it. Um, I guess I just didn't like Jon Snow's plan where at some point he's just like, I'm going to square up! And he squares up with a dragon. <laughs> and only the most opportune, uh, advantageous things happen at the same time, which allows that situation to go okay for him. But like, could he really not run anywhere? Was that dragon just going to chill there? I'm just trying to figure out what, what was his
1: deal. Jon Snow? I no intellect. No, no hard-hitting yeah, We, we already established she's too stupid to live. Alright, so, so I shouldn't ask anything about Jon Snow for the rest of the show honestly no like okay. what is there just like what am I gonna say that like oh no he had a strategy and it was he's the rightful heir you know what I'm saying 1v1 yeah. an ice dragon I I did really love in spite of myself like again visually I love the visual of like the fucking ice dragon thrashing around with blue flame squirting out of its neck and its mouth just mm-hmm. in the court or in the uh courtyard of Winterfell or whatever like it just looked cool like divorced of any context mm. that's what I'll call this episode divorced of any context it looked really cool <laughs>
0: probably we should really start naming these i think but we it's already like movies and shit game of thrones season eight like how much course, fucking in many context
1: they look cool like it just turned into a paragraph at that be a point. long marquee yeah. man
0: like a very <laughs> long marquee um all right so well i right let's get into it let's get into the final eight minutes of this if we can which sure fucking shout out what's his name is it R- R- ramon dewandi is that his name rima i don't mm-hmm. know the composer yeah, fucking yeah. wonderful man yeah just Holy the plinking
1: uh yeah. piano and, and that that's what really made those visuals pop for me too like right. just that plinking piano and john snow basically deciding to die is how i took that anyway right. um like making one last stand all hope seems to be lost yeah, yeah. Squaring up and the, and the Night King and his uh minions. Oh my god, dude, squad
0: sort goal. I'm like, hey, yeah. am I right? They they pop into right. the godswood. I'm like, yo, these are the baddest motherfuckers who have ever lived. <laughs> right. I kind of loved it, man.
1: And like just the visual of them silhouetted with like the glowing blue eyes and you know the outline and just the glow of the battle behind them and everything. Mm-hmm. Just really nice visual and just sort of approaching brand with in no rush at all. They're like, We got this, we're done, yeah. we're fine.
0: Yeah. No, I mean all of that stuff works. I mean, the brand thing just annoys me in as much that it's just like we now know. Like, with the show in the 11th hour was like, hey, you know, I'm pretty important. I'm the three eyed Raven. <laughs> like they they kind of <laughs> try to impress that very late in the game, but I was like, all right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we talk about like what brand knows and what he doesn't know. So brand's hanging out. It's just weird that the demise of the Night King has nothing to do with a Jon Snow, which is kind of the whole fucking arc of his character in a weird way. What that is or a high. I know that the I know the show's never gone hard on that but there've been enough like little clues to people that it it's there like it sh- it should certainly be there. I'm not saying it had to be Jon Snow I'm just saying that it shouldn't have been Arya. <laughs> uh but we'll get to that momentarily. I do I, I want to give credit where credit is due uh, like again the music's wonderful in this scene. Tyrion and Sansa have that moment when they're hiding behind the grave and he just kisses her hand. They have this beautiful awesome. Um Theon's death scene really awesome for me i loved well, it yeah
1: and, and also brand like brand almost retroactively justifies his weirdness by telling him theon you're a good man for me yeah. like <laughs> he needed that he did because he knew he was about to die right and, like, no no, no giving was- him that final moment was you know fan service shit but it still worked
0: well it's the it's the one fan service that i think martin might give us you know what i'm saying like i really do because otherwise why have we been watching this poor guy like holy shit like if not to give him that moment and like yeah all hope was going to be lost we said that as soon as he made that proclamation i'm gonna hang out with brandon the godswood i'm like this fucker's dead okay we knew that that wasn't a surprise and that's what's really good about this scene is we all knew it was going to happen and it was still emotionally impactful I want to give credit where credit is due. That was cool. That entire scene again the music's doing the heavy lifting but just like even before Bran goes or uh, Theon goes to try to charge at the Night King just that shot of like the the fucking squad and the Night King just chilling and the flames right above them and you're just like Jesus Christ man like this is really wonderful. Uh, And so far I'm on board still. I'm still a little whatever you know. I know John's hanging out by that dragon about to square up and stuff and the music's getting good and night king's walking over after he fucking kills Dion, and it's real sad and all hope is lost right i'm walking by the way you can't see this podcast people I was about to
1: <laughs> talk about this
0: i'm walking in place because it's important to me this guy's taking all of his time uh and uh all right so here we go we get to the scene he approaches bran bran's chilling he ain't worried i mean he ain't showing that he's worried anyway and then all right. this all culminates in what? In a fucking white walker commander or lieutenant, whatever. One of the whites who isn't the Night King, but isn't a regular white either. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I guess a mm-hmm. white walker proper. Um, oh, his hair moves. Because something, like, like you would have thought fucking Barry Allen, like, the Flash had run past him very quickly or something. Because that's the only kind of, like, weird like conceptual, like, why is his hair moving shit? Whatever. And then Arya fucking Stark little did we know the best long jumper in all of westeros okay like got all the gold medals for that shit springs into fucking frame behind the night king and you're like oh shit kind of and the night king turns around chokes her gets her now i'm gonna pause the the, the action for a second because i said there was two moments that the show could have really fucking been like all right the hound could have died he didn't that's fine we still got that emotional moment if he would have caught her and snapped her fucking neck dude i uh, yeah yeah, no, that would have been it, dude. Because, again, everyone loves Aria, even though she's a fucking psychopath. If we want to talk about just emotional impact. I'm not saying, like, I, look, I don't even know Arya's arc anymore. Maybe I'm inartistic and I'm stupid. But it's just, like, the show has seemed to have forgotten what her purpose was for a long time, too. So for her to be mm-hmm. the person who's going to come up here and do it, she gets stopped. I'm like, yo, kill this bitch. Because, like, not that I want her to die, but just that, like... Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't well, yeah, make it's, sense. It's, it, it is. Be it is
1: just unclear what what where she is. Right. Season to season, emotionally, psychologically. Right. Yeah,
0: And look, I like that she's a badass. We Remember from season one, I told you one of my favorite parts is that that small conversation uh, with Ned Stark and I think episode three or four. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll marry a prince. And she's like, that's not me. That's not what you're talking about. I shouldn't say right. it like that, but it, that's the whole point. She was never going to be some, some lady. You know what I mean? She was always right. going to learn to be a warrior. And I thought she would have an important role. I didn't think that she would kill the fucking Night King. And by the way, the way she does it, this is just how you know some people are fucked up. Like, all the incel assholes who didn't like Last Jedi. Because it's Ray's move in Last Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna drop the fucking blade, catch it with the sick other... Sick move, bro. Sick move, but Rey did it first, okay? And all you motherfuckers didn't like that movie. Oh, Disney's ruining Star Wars, you pieces of shit. Sorry if you're listening. I'm sorry. But Not my it. point... <laughs> I'm just angry. There's no <laughs> consistency here. Like, there's no <laughs> difference between Last Jedi, Endgame, and fucking Game of Thrones, except one is good and the other are fucking, like, illogical whatever anyway. we'll
1: save that for yeah. another sorry. podcast sorry <laughs> but my
0: point is this so she does that she gets stopped i'm like oh my god the night king's gonna kill her amps up the emotional weight you know what i mean and again we i didn't think they were gonna wrap this battle up in one episode i think that's what killed me i was like oh this is the that's the last moment of hope And then that shit's dashed. A fan favorite character is now fucking killed unceremoniously, which would be within the tradition of early Game of Thrones, right? Like the Mm -hmm. idea that no one was fucking safe, least of all the people you love the most. She doesn't, she does the little fucking Jedi move. She stabs him and he's just like, no, turns into ice. All of them turn into ice. Ice dragon collapses. All the whites go down and hey, the battle's won and it's real cool. And again, if this music is not playing, I full on mutiny, man. Like the music is so fire that I'm like, I'm going to watch this, but I am not pleased with this.
1: Well, this is an important uh, thing to bring up here because I understand getting upset at this. But again, like this is where I'm at emotionally that I've just given up so much on this being a, cohesive meaningful story that does any kind of justice to the books like i'm not expecting it to do that at this point i'm just hoping for some dragon shit at this point and i got it i got it a plus on the so... dragon shit but, but no if, um, hold on hold
0: on hold on let me cuz i wanna i wanna ask you something about that point if this what if this had nothing to do like max you wouldn't watch this show if you didn't have the first four seasons to go off of like, no, I do not think you would put up with any of this shit that you saw in this season if you didn't have the goodwill from how great those early seasons were. No. And so, so when you're saying, like, ah, I just want some dragon shit, I'm just like, no, goddammit, no. Like, your bar is so low, man. And, like, season six was decent. It's not like they can't be good. Like, season seven wasn't great. And I just, I haven't loved this season so far. I mean,
1: even in the better moments of season six, like, a lot of that was deus ex machina or shit coming out of nowhere and saving the day at the last second. Like, they were still leaning into that lazy shit, but it mm-hmm. it still worked because it had kind of a somber tone to it. Sure. Um, this season, again, like, I'm looking at this from the perspective of I'm one of those two writers showrunners who has to bring all of these threads together. And they somehow do. They they bring all these people and put them in one place. Like forget the fact that like, you know, these people traveling across the continent in, you know, the blink of an eye or whatever, like they're on a fucking high speed rail. Fine. They bring them all in one place. And they've got to wrap up this story in just a few episodes. So like yeah okay well you've always going to take shortcuts
0: you've always heard me i mean like i understand it's so much easier to be a monday morning quarterback i get that i cannot imagine the monumental task it is to actually do this robert was yelling at me this morning and i mean yelling okay Mm. (laughs) like i did this to him (laughs) like i forced him to watch the show uh and he's just like we could have figured it out and i'm like "Eh," you say that but (laughs) I, i i like it's easier for me to sit for my safety and be like this is what i wouldn't have done here you know what I'm saying, rather than right. Like and what and again, do. this
1: is—it's not like it's a show with four main characters that you have to bring like their stories right. to some kind of meaningful close. They have dozens of main characters in this show that they have to give some kind of weight or screen time or depth to. Mm-hmm. So on that level, I understand that they're taking shortcuts. I can't really be too mad about it. Like it, there is nothing in this episode, aside from maybe the very end, that was as monumentally stupid as Beyond the Wall to me. Okay. That episode still gets me mad. I, maybe you disagree. Um, you were disagreeing with me a little bit on Sunday. Um, but nothing in this episode is as stupid as that.
0: Uh, I just uh, said it got close a couple times. Because, again, we're, 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 we're glancing over the fact that, like, yeah, we saw Brian on the fucking floor. We saw Plot Armor again. Almost, and like, dude, think about who died. I like, I like Jorah and I like Theon. But they're not, like, your emotional crutches. Theon more than Jorah, in my opinion. Because that fucker mm-hmm. should have died, like, six times already. Um, but, but like Brienne dying would have done something to you. We know Jamie can't die because he's got to fulfill his destiny. I believe as like the Queenslayer. Right. But you know, like just from a thematic and dramatic standpoint, he's got to be alive to see Cersei again.
1: So sure. there were just so
0: many people where you're just like, man, there's just like, there's no stakes because I don't think anyone's going to die. Uh, and that's kind of my issue with it. So you say that, the, but you do admit the Arya thing's a little silly, right? You can come
1: out there and admit that. Yeah. But, but when it happened, I was still like, okay, fine. That's fine.
0: I think it just negates the fact that what I'm talking about is like people have been like, but that wasn't, the show isn't about destiny. And I'm like, then why is Melisandre showing up? Why is Barak cursed to life to fulfill a role? Why is Bran being fucking mum about what his role out is out in the godswood? It just seems like, you know, the Night King, a person who has survived for a thousand years, Max, Mm -hmm. to, to be defeated... And again, remember blood. Let's take that pin out. Blood on the stone, Max. <laughs> that was enough to get their attention. But someone running through the fucking woods at full speed, leaping into the air, doesn't alarm any of the other whites. She gets killed, whatever. It's, it just doesn't seem like that's her destiny. That didn't seem like that's where her arc was going at any point. And I'll forgive it for Melisandre being like, i blue eyes, sure. Whatever, that's fine, but it but it like negates the impact of like is he a formidable um, opponent to begin with? You know what I'm they, saying? They
1: couldn't hear her over the loud score music that was playing, Christian. I don't know what to tell oh, you. Oh that was being no, piped I, in through Winterfell. What, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what I was trying to work my way to, the bigger point that I was trying to make is like movements of the story, this leaves us with three episodes of them squaring off against Cersei with a severely diminished army. So like the show is basically saying that it's retroactively justifying like everybody who is saying, Oh, the white walkers aren't that big of a deal. Um, and it's making John and everyone else look kind of dumb by saying like, Oh, that's the only conflict that matters. Now the show is basically telling us, Oh, the game of Thrones does matter again. Um, I think that's
0: a real issue I have. Cause I feel like the books are very much about, Hey, the game of Thrones
1: is it, 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 <laughs>
0: the game of Thrones is the thing we're keeping busy with, but it's a distraction from, you know, death coming. I feel like sure. those are what the books are about. The show has flipped it. The show has been like, no, the long night is a distraction until that's how we keep busy until we can go to King's Landing. Right, that, but,
1: but on the other hand though, like, would it be more thematically interesting to see in the final moments of the show just like a bunch of characters becoming zombies or would it be more interesting for the show and its characters or would it be better payoff for its characters for them to uh, fulfill their emotional and plot obligations to each other?
0: Well, here's my thing, bro. Because, I, again, I told you, I didn't think this was going to end in one episode. And more yeah. than that, I thought if it did end in one episode, it would be fucking Cersei being uh, Gandalf in the two towers coming over that fucking ridge right at the nick of time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, coming in with reinforcements, being like, yeah, I'm fighting for the living, but I'm still going to kill all you motherfuckers. Like, yeah, I just thought there would be something there that would subvert our expectations in a good way. I'll say this. They subverted my expectations because the people who died <laughs> are not who I give a shit about. Uh, But they killed off some heavy hitters, and I did not think Arya in a billion fucking years would be the one to kill that, the Night King. And so this brings me to a couple things I want to talk about, which is just like, am I old? (laughs) Am I depressed? Like, I just want to know why I can't enjoy things. I have a friend who I was literally arguing with today. Not, I was being respectful. I guess I was just like, having had time to think about this, are you You sticking to your guns? (laughs) I'm very respectful. No. Uh, I I said, you having time to think about it, are you sticking to your guns about this? Uh, and she was just like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna overanalyze it like you." And I'm like, "I'm not overanalyzing. I'm just regular analyzing it. Like, I'm just, I'm just taking the rules they give us." And she's like, "Why are you always about rules? It's about a community event, like that. So many people watched this and did this thing together." And I'm like, "Trump got 60 million white nationalists. Is that also special, Danny? Whoops, I gotta take her name out." But the point is this: <laughs> that like, I got shitty about it because I was like, "That is, that's bad logic." And I guess her point is just like, I, I turned my brain off and I enjoyed it. And I'm like, that's cool, except that that's not what the show once was. And again, all my bitching is coming from a place of lament- lamenting the fact that it's not the show that it once was. So yeah. I'll leave that alone. I guess what I'm saying is like, despite it being a global event, it doesn't mean anything. It's most of the time, the most popular things are not things that are also critically loved. And you know that. So I guess that's my big issue with it. I will put a pin in that until next week, I'm sure. I want to talk about the reset narrative because we brought it up briefly. Um, this is three episodes left and yeah, now we have a, another war kind of going on and now it's a war of people. It is the Game of Thrones, it's the political aspect of it. But again, we don't have enough time to really dive into the politics. You know what I'm saying? Like That's the sad part of this is like, we'll get well, a little bit.
1: Here's the sad part of it is that the politics of the show are never gonna be what they once were. Not because the writing isn't where it is, it's because of how the pieces on the board are positioned. Because right. you have on one side every character that matters and then on the other side Cersei and that's it. What made the show interesting before is that yeah the Lannisters had you know Tywin and Cersei, but they also had Jamie who became more and more conflicting as he went. And they had Tyrion who was always like the good one. Like there were good and evil on both sides, like the North, like they had the fucking Boltons. They didn't just have the Starks. Now it's every good character on one side and then one bad character. So there's no real conflict. There's no real struggle. Um, But maybe at this point, again, there doesn't need to be. Uh, I don't know. Hmm.
0: Are you – well, here's my thing. You you mentioned zombies. It's like I'm not saying everyone needed to become a zombie. I just thought that, one, either we were going to get Cersei coming over the ridge or they were going to fuck off back to the Iron Islands, right, because that was a little breadcrumb that they gave us. I just thought that this wasn't going to be wrapped up, and I thought like the Night King will get out of this, like the the main players will survive, some will die, um, and then we'll we'll do it again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. I think that's what I was really doing. I I don't know, just from a spectacle standpoint, and maybe that's good. Maybe it needs to reverse a little. Yeah. Bit. Maybe it needs to go inwards and try to or find what made that great. Maybe
1: raid. Night King, when he was dying, transferred his soul into Bran, and now Bran's going to become the Bran Night King. And Can he's I just freeze everybody? <laughs> brand Night King.
0: Can I just tell you that like one thing I would have been fine with, even though I've been actively rallying against that theory forever? If Night King would have walked up to Bran and then like bent the knee to Bran, I would have been like, oh, all right, man. Like, right. whatever. Like, I'll take and then, it that. And then so. Bran
1: opens his eyes and they're blue and oh, he freezes Daria and he freezes everybody else.
0: Would have been wonderful.
1: I honestly wouldn't have. him been and okay the with- White Walkers go get some popsicles because they like cold stuff.
0: He's walking now, or is he still in like an ice?
1: wheelchair. He's got like ice spider legs. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. This episode was weird. Uh, I... (laughs) I didn't hate it as much as you did, but I fully understand. I, this is what I'm trying to say. I fully understand every complaint that people had about this episode. Mm. I, I am fully behind every complaint that everybody had about this episode. I just think I'm emotionally broken at this point. Okay. And, and I'm fine with where the show is at right now. Uh, on a logical level, I understand why it is the way it is right now. Right. Um, and I don't so- expect it to be any better.
0: Okay. My point, though, is that you're not my friend who was just like, "It was amazing." Blah blah blah. Like, you're like, "No, I fully see that it had a bunch of fucking problems." But yeah, I'm just, I, I, I was try- I'm I was trying to
1: make that clear when we were like going back and forth on Facebook. It's like I didn't hate this because there was still shit like visually, like, right. the music that worked and there were a few emotional character moments that didn't feel fucking false can i just tell you
0: what 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 it really is is like there was a time where no matter what i knew that even firing at 70 percent game of thrones was going to be better than everything else on tv for the most part that was a true statement but now it's just like motherfucking barry like i had to watch game of thrones and then barry back to back and i'm like one of these is just like it's not totally doing it in any favors so yeah. that's what i'm saying dude like and that's the point like okay why are you comparing a fantasy show to a weird dramedy about a hitman in la who's an acting because, like, one is doing some of the best fucking filmmaking I've seen on TV in the last 10
1: years because yeah. it's
0: so fucking wonderful. Every you talk about subverting expectations every episode, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Especially
1: this last one, which was directed by Bill Hader. This isn't going to turn into a Barry review, know, but, but, but people watch Barry if you haven't already. Uh, like, if you have an HBO subscription, you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. Right. Fucking watch Barry. Start from the beginning. It's one It's also
0: thirty minute episodes and there's
1: eight per season. You'll, it's you'll not a fucking task. Right through it, yeah. yeah.
0: <clears throat> and so that's my that's my problem, not to go into the Barry detour, but just like the idea that like not only is it not the best thing on TV, <laughs> it's not even the best thing like on the network anymore. And that, that yeah. was a real thing for a while. Uh so it's just a little disappointing. But you know, whatever. The point is this. I didn't I didn't hate, hate, hate it. I was just really I felt betrayed by a lot of the logic and groundwork they had laid in previous seasons only to kind of abandon them to say this is a story about destiny and how everything needs to be in its right place but then to disregard that because we need aria to be the one to kill someone mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like it has nothing to do with with fucking oh she's a woman i've heard that a lot, that's the problem like i can't be critical of a decision without being lumped in with incels and there are a lot of them out there man like no fucking way over you kill i mean no fucking way because the story doesn't dictate it not because she has a vagina bro like it means it does not matter to me at all um but if we're going by horror horror rules logic right should have died right she had sex last week should be dead this week just saying
1: yeah brienne should be dead too and so, so should uh gray worm he made it somehow yeah we have this Game of Thrones game, yeah. Game, game of Thrones, yeah, sorry. yeah. Game of Thrones death pool going on at work, and I signed up for both Brienne and for fucking Grey Worm, and I lost. I lost hard. Mm.
0: Surprised you didn't do Theon. <laughs> that was my number one pick. Was Theon last week? But in any case, I don't want to go into the weeds. We have three more episodes of this. We'll see what happens. I mean, it, it was weird how joyous everyone seemed in the last episode, considering that like
1: thousands of people have died you know, it's right? coming yeah I, don't know. I mean they seem pretty good uh,
0: whatever i'm gonna be honest like i what i really need is i need more fucking lena hoodie i mean she wasn't in the last two episodes and you fucking felt it it's like mm-hmm. i need that presence she needs some a-
1: gravitas she's just wonderful got she's more leaving. gravitas than the night king <laughs> he doesn't do
0: anything except kind of smile I, I, again i was gonna end this but i just want to go back to night king for like two minutes if we can i just feel like that's another thing where I know they got to get us to watch that prequel series somehow. I get it. All right. But like, don't you wish you had anything to hang on to about who or why when it comes to the Night King?
1: I mean, I feel like here's the thing. Like they give us that answer, right? Like in the the show. Yeah. Basically the White Walkers are like uh, a fucking, um, I don't know what you want to call it, like a disinfectant for humanity. Like they're there to fucking wipe the scourge of man off the face of the earth. And that's really all they are. It's unfortunate that they're not more interesting than that. But Well, I guess whatever. it's like,
0: that's the origin of one. So he's just the Night King because he's OG? Like, is there anything that makes him special? Like, he seems to have the, like, he's got a tenuous little fucking, like, hive mind thing going on with all the other generals. And they have yeah. their own hive mind with all of the, the whites. And so I guess that's my question is just like, all I, I, I mean- know about him is that he sometimes smiles. And, and yeah. he was great in high school when he
1: threw that fucking, you know, what is it, Javelin or yeah, with Yeah, the, the Javelin. The so longer. good. Um, yeah. No, I mean, he's not in the books, so I couldn't really speak to it. I don't fucking know. Well, that's fucking horrific. Anyway,
0: well, Game <laughs> of Thrones, yo. Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of
1: Thrones. Uh, what's your rating for this episode? God,
0: I don't know. Like, the lowest six I can possibly give it. Like, the lowest six. Like, like I'll like, give like it a, this I'll is give when it a you, low seven. This is when you score like a forty-eight on on a on a test, but the the curve is so fucking wide that it brings you back up to a D. Like that's what this episode was. Because it's just like, look, the Dewaldi did an amazing job. There were a couple character moments I really liked. There were a lot of missed opportunities. Also, Leanna Mormont, I just laughed so hard. I laughed so hard. It gave me some joy. I like not not a good laugh. Uh I was in it was incredulous. But in any case, like you going to give it a low seven? I'd give it a low seven. I'll give it like a five, six tops. Uh, so we'll see. But I'm hoping that there's something redeemable about this. I think you're right. It's like this is not going to be the show we want it to be anymore. So maybe just like, you know. Just go
1: along for the ride, bro. Enjoy what you can. Yeah. That's just a – would we say I'm so, that? I'm so glad we're reviewing this weekly. By the way, we're so invested. I'm um,
0: invested because I've done this for so long. <laughs> like I can't not do it. Like no, but that's that's the larger point. Like well, let me ask you a question. When hmm. like season five of The Wire goes off the rails a little bit, and it's still like always good. Like good enough to justify its fucking. Because yeah, you're still getting
1: like multiple great character moments. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's my thing. I'm trying to think of every like even lost. loss fell off the fucking run off the rails. Like, six six episodes you needed instead of 18 for that final season when the sorry to tell you that but still the character moments when they mattered they they worked I was fine with it any great show you can have a weird season or something that isn't quite as great but it'll still justify its existence and we haven't had that in like two seasons that's my main beef with it I hope I'm wrong we have three more episodes to do it any final words Max no (laughs) <laughs> Love it. This isn't worth my words. Fuck this. All right, cool. So uh, with that, we are going to end this episode. We will be back next week to do another Game of Thrones. We might be back before that to do a movies and shit. Maybe we'll see. We'll actually get a film done. But until then, we'll see you next week.
1: Bye.